Welcome back to Throwback with Jack. Today, August 24th, 1954, President Dwight Eisenhower signed the Communist Control Act, which outlawed the Communist Party in the United States at the height of McCarthyism. Though the most severe, this was not the first time the Bill of Rights was infringed upon in favor of anti-communist legislation. Now, it's important to note that the Communist Control Act violated the First Amendment, freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom to peacefully assemble, and the freedom of religion. It violated freedom of speech because it is everyone's inherent right to voice their opinion, and especially to voice their opinion about the government. And given that the Communist Party was a political party or was trying to be, getting rid of it would be infringing upon the First Amendment, among others. As I was saying, this wasn't the first time anti-communist legislation had passed. The Smith Act of 1940 made it a crime to, quote, teach, advocate, or encourage the overthrow or destruction of the government by force or violence. During World War II, Nazis and communists had been convicted of violating this and were subjected to imprisonment or and or fines. Also in 1940, the Voris Act required foreign organizations to register with the Attorney General, and if you didn't, within 30 days it was banned, it was like a whole thing. And in 1947, Truman issued an executive order that established a program to rid the government of disloyal employees or security risks. Now on the surface that sounds good, but these disloyal employees or security risks were usually suspected communists or Nazis. Well, were usually suspected communists. But the reason for it is pretty funny. So, how exactly, you ask, how exactly did they figure out if you, were, if you were disloyal? Well, McCarthyism was a period where Senator Joseph McCarthy of Wisconsin seized on the uncertainty and paranoia of communism and the Soviet Union during the early 1950s to make a name for himself and gain political power. In short, he was a political opportunist. So, we're talking like he comes in one day, he's like, I have a list of names of subversives who are working in the government who are communists. And of course, everyone's like, oh, no, this is terrible. We got to get to the bottom of this. There's a whole, there are hearings, there's a whole committee set up. HUAC, House Un-American Activities Committee. So at the height of his power, he was leading these committees where he interrogated people who he suspected of communism for all the world to see. They would also get like really highly personal as well. And there was just no shame. Like you would bring up like such things as sexual history and anti-American values, which he determined. And because the public was scared of the unknown communist and McCarthy presented communist as anyone, even your neighbors, there was so much hysteria. So what I'm talking about is like suddenly the police are getting calls basically like, Yo, my neighbor hasn't mowed his lawn in three days. Think he's a communist. Like, no one knew because McCarthy presented it as anyone. And the most annoying thing, or the, one of the worst things, is that Eisenhower, the president, didn't even criticize him. Which I believe is, was uh, in fear of being called a communist. And then having the court of public opinion turn against him. So I think for a very short period of time, Justice McCarthy had more power in terms of he had more sway and more pull in the government than the President of the United States himself. Hence, 
the Communist Control Act. Thankfully, McCarthyism would run its course, and I guess unfortunately or fortunately, I don't want to wish ill on a guy, but or I don't want to be happy about the guy's death, but McCarthy would die shortly thereafter. He was in his like mid-50s at this time, and it was suspected because of severe alcoholism. Yeah, so ended McCarthyism. Thank you.